My name is Joe. I'm the dungeon master for this campaign, and this is Advantage. Grimton, Alaris, Morlinde, and Alric met with Baron Yosef of Havenmere and Lieutenant Colonel Erica Tri from Temple. Tri shared that her mission was to build and manage a defensive castle, the future southern redoubt at the edge of the Watched Forest. Alaris and Grimton both declined her invitation of having stations at the keep as a reward for their service to the Pandominion, instead feeling that their quest required movement. The Lieutenant Colonel offered instead them positions as special legionnaires for the Pandominian army, which would give them the freedom and resources of a military. The pair agreed, swearing an oath without first realizing it as a pledge to uphold the rule of the High Gods, which those in the Watched Forest so vehemently oppose. And that's where we'll pick up. Let's go ahead and get into it, shall we? <laughs> yes, let's. Sounds good. Uh, with the oaths that Alaris and Grimton have taken as special legionnaires in the Pandominion military, I'm calling this kind of the beginning of part two of the campaign arc. Gotcha. I don't know how many parts there'll be in total, um, but the groundbreaking of the Southern Redoubt seems like a good place to kind of shift thematic gears. In honor of your progress, I have leveled you all up to three, and I've asked you each to prepare a kind of story vignette to show off some character development and what that looks like for each of you. So basically you want us to explain how we leveled up, right? Yeah, like what, what does leveling up look like in the character sense instead of just the purely mechanical metagaming sense? Right. And like if are we, I can assume that we're going to do this for every level. Can it be different? As over time? Like, yeah, sure. Reasons? Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Alaris, because uh, when did we get level two? Um, was that... We got up to level two once you uh, survived the consumption of... Okay, so uh, basically it's been the whole trip um, up, up to, until this point. Up to Avenir. Yeah. So we've had several battles and different things that Alaris hasn't been used to. Um, so he knows that um, while he's gotten stronger... From these encounters, he knows that for in the future, he needs to potentially learn some more combative magic. A lot of um, Alaris's skills are, um, are spells that he's learned have been more non-combative. Yeah, but he knows pure transmutation sort yeah, of stuff. More transmutation or just kind of useful, but not necessarily good for combat. Right. Um, but he knows going forward there will probably be more confrontation, especially if we plan to go back into the Watch Forest. Mm -hmm. um, 
so he he takes this time to kind of focus on learning some more combative spells and also yeah. um, coming into his own on transmutation, um, just kind of keeping on practicing and stuff like that. I learned uh, Magic Weapon. Um, it's a level 2 transmutation spell that you can touch a non-magical weapon, and until the spell ends, it becomes a magic weapon with a plus 1 bonus. Nice. Um, nice. And then I also learned uh, Flaming Sphere. I kind of want to flavor it more as in I'm like... Well, it's, instead of conjuring, more constructing, like just okay. using a different verb of giant sphere and then setting it on fire. Okay. Um, so, like, basically think, like, making a wooden sphere and then firing it as opposed to just making a ball of flame appear. Okay. Um, and it's just a five-foot sphere that I can, like, maneuver around. And yeah. people like it close to damage. I don't think we've really talked about what you look like for I guess this is starting episode 19 as I'm predicting it um, so for 19 episodes pretty much all of this is kind of uh, working on blind faith sans the people who've gone to uh, advantagednd.com and looked at the uh, like hero forge ideas Zach what what does Alaris look like in, in your mind's eye uh, he's a tall um, fairly like lanky um, half-elf. Most of his life was spent studying in school, so he has, doesn't have a whole lot of, like, muscle. I guess he's probably put on some since we've been traveling. Mm-hmm. But, um, long, shaggy hair, um, wizarding robes, a cloak, um, has a staff. Uh, he, uh, um, he grew out his hair to hide his ears, because at first he was gonna try, he, he's, based on his past, he sort of doesn't trust elves in a whole and doesn't really kind of want them to know that he's half elf. So that's that's the main reason he keeps his hair long. Um, but that's it's basically him. Like it's just a, a young wizard. Um, my little vignette here. Um, it it takes place because we stayed the night right with uh, Captain Try. Well, it is it is the evening of that yes okay well like mine is going to take place presumably there will be a watch like okay and yeah. mine was going to take place on watch okay you're on watch okay so it's dark um i am i'm on watch but i'm also kind of like walking around a little bit like there are lots of soldiers here and i'm not the only one on watch so i'm not quite as like tense uh, or like, I can relax a little bit. I'm still doing my job, but I've relaxed. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of wandering around sort of just outside the perimeter uh, and playing my flute a little bit, actually. Um, just some, like, uh, sort of pentatonic, more mellow tunes. Like, not, not anything sad necessarily, but just calm. Um, okay. Pause right there. When you play the flute, you receive very concerning looks from the soldiers that are around you. They don't seem to to look at you with uh, the same sort of trust that you would expect. Um, they, they're, they're wary of your presence and you can't quite figure out if it's uh, because you're just part of Isotalos and whatever that represents to them or if... Um, it's something a little bit more sinister. 
Auric, the pipes that you have in your hand, your the flute that you that has traveled with you that has uh, taken so much damage from your adventures and misadventures. These are now the pipes of haunting, oh. which is in the dungeons ma- dungeon master guide. Um, it says you must be proficient with wind instruments to use the pipes. They have three charges. You can use an action to play them and expand one charge to create an eerie spellbinding tune. Each creature within 30 feet of you that hears you play must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or become frightened of you for one minute. If you wish, all creatures in the area that aren't hostile toward you automatically succeed on the saving throw. A creature that fails the saving throw can repeat it at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself on a success. A creature that succeeds on its saving throw is immune to the effect of these pipes for 24 hours. These pipes regain 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. I'll send you the uh, cool the, a screenshot of that file. I'd like to I'd like to actually describe my flute. I'm not sure if I really have in much detail. Um, yeah, go for it. Mine. That that makes it sound like it's a sort of pan flute where it has the like multiple little tubes. What mine is, um, is somewhat more akin to um, certain Native American flutes. And here's the way it, the way it works. Um, to, of course, imagine just like a tube, and there's actually two of them. And they're kind of put together sort of double barrel style. Um, mm-hmm. And at the top is an opening, and it's not like it's not like a recorder where you blow into it. It's it functions more like a like a sort of traditional flute in that way, where you blow across the top, and that's what generates the sound. And yeah. one of the sides of the flute is a it's a drone, like it just has one pitch. Um, and then the other side has like the holes, and it's a and it's a higher it's a higher note, so that you always have a sort of harmony going. Um, and now it's got some like scorch marks on it and like scratches and you know it's got some some uh wear on it for sure but it, and like some of the notes kind of like they still come out but they they sound a little different uh when when they're played they have a like a grittier kind of like almost like there's like static in the note like it doesn't come across clearly feeling this like kind of sinister or, or at least uncertain gaze uh, from the people around me, I, I take my my patrol a little farther out um, to sort of get away from people, make a wider perimeter. And mm-hmm. I'm at that for several minutes, more or less in the dark by myself. Um, and what happens is, like very cinematically, I'm playing and I hear like the sn- uh, like a snap of a twig something behind yeah. me so I, of course like turn around and like a fairly reasonable distance away um is standing there is what i can make out to be a bear and and it's looking right at me and like i don't move i stop playing and then it starts to charge it starts to come at me and so like i run and i know i can't outrun this thing because it's a bear i know i can't out climb it because <laughs> it's a bear um, and so I'm like, <laughs> running is the quick fix, and I'm trying to find some kind of alternative solution here. And I'm like cutting sideways, and you're like, I'm trying to kind of lose it, but like this thing is, it's it's just moving very very quickly. 
um, mm-hmm. and I run and I run and I run and I, I get to a point where like there's just really nowhere else I can go and so I'm basically going to have to turn and fight this thing uh, and I turn and as I do it stops right in front of my face like just right there um, and I notice with it being this close that there's a certain like like luminescence like it almost like it's like a bit of an aura um, yeah like it uh, an ethereal sort yeah, of yeah. sense to it, and um, and also a, a sort of transparency, like not I can quite see through it. It's more like it's just not all the way corporeal. Uh, yeah, and so I'm just like standing there, breathing real heavy, and like still holding my little flute, um, and I and I'm like looking into its eyes, and what I what I see is that this is a spirit animal. This is not just some normal bear. Um, and all it does is it, it kind of vanishes, but, like, not, like, boop, like it winks out. It, it, it kind of, like, if you imagine it, like, starting at one point and it kind of um, disintegrates from that point. Yeah. Uh, and sort of, like, swirls around me a little bit. And then it, interestingly enough, like, focuses its particles onto my flute. Um, and I look and I look down, and on the, the barrel that has the, the drone, it's, it's almost like it was already there. It's like the burns and the scratches seem to have reshaped themselves to look like a bear. Like, and if you, if you hadn't looked at this flute as much as I had, you would just assume that it happened that way or that it was carved that way. But, like, I can tell that there's a difference, but it still looks like it was done from those scratches and burns. And so, like... I like breathe heavy for a little while and I definitely stop playing the flute for a bit. Um, uh, and I eventually kind of wander my way back to a more standard perimeter. Um, <laughs> and so to explain what all of that means, um, mechanically, yeah, <laughs> mechanically. Yes. I've, I've chosen a, a ranger type, um, called a, a guardian. Um, and basically, this is my. I have like a spirit path. I'm a champion of the natural world. Um, I'm basically like a paladin of the forest. And one of the things I get is a spirit companion. Uh, and it just so happens that the one for Guardian is a bear, and that also worked out very well for our, our story. There's some cool abilities that I don't want to tell you about yet. I'd rather just like use them in context because I think it's neat. But this is, uh, for those that care mechanically, this is sort of in lieu of a familiar. It'll function like that. Um, something I can sort of call upon when I need it. Um, and then more as like a development for Ulrich's character, they have felt a bit of disillusionment from both like the gods and the, the spirits because like, it seems like everybody is just out to destroy the natural world. And so this, like, spirit bear interaction is, is fairly conflicting because it's, like, apparently a good and useful thing, but, like, Auric doesn't really know how they feel about the spirits, and so, like, there's a wariness there as well. Um, also a bariness. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. And then I guess I still need to describe what I look like. Yeah. Um, I'm a gnome, so I'm um, <laughs> very short. Um, I, I have, um, slightly longer ears than a lot of my 
gnome companions. They're just a little pokier. I was even like made fun of a little bit for it, sort of uh, affectionately when I was younger. Uh, fairly short hair, um, just a sort of product of <laughs> hair gets caught on stuff in the forest. <laughs> you know, you, you tend to keep it short. And, and a, like a closely a closely cropped beard. Like I have facial hair, but I generally um, keep it fairly taken care of. That being said, of late I have not, so it's gotten a little longer. Um, I wear my Warden Scout uniform slash armor, um, and it's just some like light leather armor on my on my shoulder. I have uh, like a patch that has the insignia for Squadron Nine, which, if I remember right, is like an IX, like a Roman numeral nine. Um, yep. and has a feather on it. The, uh, the feather kind of hangs loosely from the armband. It's a black crow feather. Right. I mean, and, and like the sort of cloth parts that you can see of the armor are generally like a deep forest green, because that makes sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's me. I carry, you know, I carry my weapons, so I've got my bow, I've got my knife. Um, my knife? My knife! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, is that, is that satisfactory, Joe? Uh, well, actually, um, while you're being contemplative out in the forest, uh, besides the obvious spirit bear sort of situation, uh, what changes do you see happening in your life? Like, what what are you? What sort of questions and concerns are in your mind right now? Alright guys, I really had like a home home for a while. East Talos felt like that for a while, but it's gone now. And that, that is, is sort of a recurring theme in their life of like having a home and then it goes away. It's sort of like a perpetual, they feel like a perpetual refugee. Granted, it's only happened twice, but twice is a lot when it's your home. Um, they're having to battle, like wanting to like give up on ever really having a sense of home. Um... And, like, you know, because it's easy to get discouraged. And the, the only thing that Auric has to focus on to sort of ground them in that are the people, you know, the party, essentially. Um, they generally feel a little more drawn to Morlinde just because, like, Morlinde is a creature of the Fae, is also from the, you know, from Isotelos. But, like, all, all four of them are, like, that's their home. Um generally very very not trusting of anything from the gods or the the spirits like <laughs> wary there's a there's a sense of only trusting like the physical realm essentially the your your companions yourself the things that you know that you can guarantee and not not really putting any stock in the things that might be or the things that um seem to play at the world but that we have no control over so this has been progressing throughout the past like few um days but i feel like the culminating is like this night bef like while they're staying in the um the i can't remember what it's called the un southern readout the southern southern readout um which side note i didn't know that it was r-e-d-o-u-b-t i thought it was read space out until I saw you write it and I was like oh read out anyway um, so uh, you know the entire uh, or huge chunks of the forest being burned down and losing the entirety of Isatelos and 
the citizens getting broken up into zealots versus pacifists and all of that is pretty discouraging um, for Moreland Day. Um, so she's been spending a lot of time meditating and in prayer, even though like she hasn't really felt she hasn't really felt like anything's coming of it. She's doing it because that's what she knows how to do. And so it's just been a lot of like very introspective, reflective time because she kind of feels like she's talking to herself. Um, she is realized she's been realizing that like she is growing, she's becoming stronger and she's not really sure where it's, she can't name where it's coming from. So she's going to assume it's coming from the spirits because like where else would it be coming from? So like, you know, as we mm -hmm. level up in D and D like we gain, you know, our constitution goes up, we gain modifiers and this and this and this. And in Moreland Day's context, um, that growth and strength hasn't come from her, like, working out. Because um, she doesn't, like, she might do some <laughs> yoga type stuff sometimes, but, like, a lot of her time is spent in prayer and meditation um, and then doing generally political things that don't involve physical activity. But um, she has noticed herself, like, uh, like, literally getting a little bit stronger, um, being a like she feels more capable and she doesn't really know why maybe it is related to the experiences or maybe it's like the spirits are actually doing what they're supposed to do <laughs> um, and uh, maybe this is a way that Moreland Day can start um, actually leading the people of the watched forest back into being unified and back into um, the spirits goodwill and through this, she has learned a couple new. Uh, I'm not gonna talk. I'm not gonna talk about that. Um, there are some cool things that I just kind of want to like let happen. Um, but for one, um, she's attempting to communicate more with her uh, circle of druids, which is the circle of the land, um, and has gotten nothing. Um, so more on that later if we ever run into anyone but so far there's like no communication she uh she feels a closer connection with um uh with a lot of the animals of the forest i mean she always did um but specifically uh flying things and specifically hawks there are a few hawks that um she has gotten to know very well yeah so um she wouldn't necessarily call them friends because they can't really communicate with language but like they know her and she knows them um and so that's exciting and then also she's been working on uh cantrips and spells and including like not only has she gained strength but she's also gained abilities like she doesn't know how she figured it out she's assuming it's the spirits because how else um but she has now the ability to just like climb up walls and trees and any vertical surface um just kind of whenever she feels like which is pretty sweet and so that's gonna come in handy um, <laughs> and then she's also been learning ways to uh, continue to protect uh her uh, anyone around her so like things that will strengthen 
people's armor and healing spells and things like that. So she's just been doing a lot of personal growth over the past little bit. So we'll say that you're you're meditating tonight, right? Um, probably out on the boundary of the forest, and your mind begins to spiral into the the burdens that you seem to be carrying with you and what kind of what kind of questions and con- and concerns are are forefront in your head like what 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 is dominating um Moreland's psyche right now um mostly uh, loss and and confusion and anger um which she meditates to keep under control but um the thing is, she is the spiritual leader of the Watched Forest. And the spirits have made it clear that they're not happy with how things are going, but they also like haven't communicated with her very much. And she doesn't know exactly what she's doing wrong. And so she feels a little directionless. So she feels like what they're doing now is more or less the right thing. Um, but like that's she thought what they were doing in East Atalos before was more or less the right thing so um, she just feels very directionless that doesn't mean that she's going to stop um, not directionless she she has a direction she knows where they're going um, but she doesn't know if that's the right thing to be doing like she made the right. decision and she's sticking with it because that's that's it um but yeah, so she she just feels like all she hears from the spirits is silence. Do like do other druids communicate with the spirits or like are they ignoring everyone? Or are they just ignoring her or are they not ignoring her and she can't actually hear it? Um so the block is giving her a lot of anxiety. Can you paint me a visual picture of Morlinde as she's sitting in the forest in the dark? Um, so Morlinde has, is of course an elf, a wood elf. Um, she's, she hasn't ditched her ceremonial robes, but, uh, she doesn't wear them all the time because they're kind of, um, they're heavy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and they're also, um, really obnoxious. They're really, uh, it makes it clear who she is. And it, while that is useful, sometimes it's not always useful. So those are packed away. And she's just in, like, basically, like, you know, brown pants and a tunic for easy movement and not um, not having to get her nice robe dirty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so she's just, like, sitting crisscross applesauce in the forest, trying not to get too sad about everything. <laughs> Grimpton. Yes. What does leveling up look like for you? What are you? What are? How are you occupying yourself tonight? So, Grimton's vignette takes place um, right around twilight for him. So he's kind of walking about when thoughts to himself silently towards the forest edge, and he comes across this tree that's fallen over. 
And uh, unbeknownst to him, he genuflects before he sits on the on the log. Which is to say he gets down on one knee. And then he starts to contemplate um, everything back in her dearth. You know, the little bit of family that he does have that he left behind. And the kingdom as he remembered it. The mountains that he's so proud of. And the winter berries. The ale that he loves. And how all this seemed to suddenly cease for him because of Sunder. And how to him, Sunder is not what her dearth used to be or what it could be or anything that is good about her dearth and the dwarven lifestyle as he knows it. He starts to look up and on this particular evening is a special sort of evening when the sky is flush with pinks and oranges and lively colors and as he looks up he sees the clouds seem to supernaturally be swirling about he doesn't feel like there's a lot of wind, but they seem to be uh, driving by faster than normal. And he starts to look at them, sort of like Rorschach-esque, and he starts to make out what seems <laughs> to be a dragon head. And he starts to realize that this isn't just in his head. The clouds are very, like, purposefully forming themselves into shapes now. He starts to look around him and he sees no one to confirm this with. He keeps looking up and the dragon head seems to be looking directly into his soul, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. He bows his head because he feels like its gaze is too much for him to handle. And again, he's left alone with his thoughts and he feels a lot of anger at this point particularly for Grace Sunder, because he feels like he has indirectly taken away this life that he used to have, you know? And once he looks back up, his eyes starting to cloud with tears. He sees that the clouds have gone, but he feels this sort of radiance about him, and he feels almost light on his foot, if you will. And he looks down at his hands, they seem to be glowing with this sort of blue energy. And all that is to say that after um, him and Elaris were uh, made special legionnaires, he was thinking a lot about uh, his purpose and his uh, supposed alignment with Bahamut. And he has redoubled and, like, really taken into hold, like, his uh, divine preferences, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is now a uh, level 2 fighter and a level 1 paladin. Hell yeah. So I have multi-class into the paladin class, is, is what that was meant to say. Can you give me a, a visual of Grimton? Sure thing. So, Grimton is uh, an older dwarf. He has uh, still strong black hair, but he's uh, got lines of white running through it. He's got a beard, uh, 
twisted into a ponytail at the front. And he's got uh, broad shoulders, uh, an arm thick with years of working the smith. Mm -hmm. And as you start to look down at Grimton, you'll notice that he has one, uh, I guess, natural leg. But his left leg seems to be uh, cut off at the knee. And where the rest of his leg would be, there's a gentle curve sort of downward as a copper uh, copper prosthetic is in its place. Um, are you wearing your uh, gorget? Gorget? I don't... How do you pronounce G-O-R-G-E-T? Is it gorget? <laughs> it's French. It's French in etymology. I guess it would be look. gorget. It's probably... Gorget. Gorget. Let me check. Gorget, says Google. Gorget? Gorget. Perfect. Are you wearing your, uh, your gorget? Excellent. Um, Alaris, I don't think I got a location for you while, uh, when you were studying. Was... Where are you? Uh... Physically. What is, what is the setup of the camp? I assume that I'm just in, like, my own quarters or whatever. Wherever our, our, yeah, or, you, our own quarters would be. The lieutenant colonel has, has set up a pair of tents for the four of you. Um alongside the other soldiers and uh, craftspersons and surveyors that have come down from Havenmere. No, I'm just in there. I'm just being studious. Alright. Uh, Ulrich, Morlinde, and Grimton. Give me perception checks. Well... 18 for me. Uh, it's not gonna be good. Five. Uh, A little spooky. 13. Morlinde and Grimton. You look deep and pensively into the burn, and you think you see one or two lights among the trees. It's dark now, it's past dusk when you were watching the colors. Uh, spill through the sky, Grimton. Um, and so you're unable to gauge the distance of their origins from Forest's Edge. You don't hear anything in the trees. You do smell a little smoke. That, that's probably left over from the dinner fires and uh, whale oil lanterns at the southern redoubt. You could just be imagining it. I'm gonna um, investigate. Yeah, me too. How far am I from uh, Grimton anyway? Are we seeing these from two different places? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna investigate. So you're both gonna follow this point of light? Yes. Yeah. You continue to walk for 10 minutes, and it still seems to be at that same distance away from you you don't gain any ground on it it doesn't uh you you don't see anything clear it's just pulling you into the trees this do you continue to pursue this for 10 minutes yeah i'm gonna a half mile grimton is just gonna not necessarily shout but very firmly call out who's there 
and see if he gets a response. Morlinda, you hear the who's there some ways over to your left. Do, do I recognize the voice? Yeah. Um, Grimton, it's Morlinda. Grimton, you hear Morlinda's voice over to your right. <laughs> <laughs> but you have no reply from Weird the light. light in the distance. Are you... Do you see this? Are you following this light? Yeah, do you see it? Yeah, I just had to make sure that somebody else was seeing it. Um, what do you make of it? It hasn't um, moved, has it? Or it seems like it hasn't. Well, I feel like it's walking the same speed, moving the same speed that I'm moving. Like, it's just as far away now as it was when I started. So you reckon it's someone? Maybe. It doesn't seem to be moving now. Ooh. If they were traveling, it would be getting farther away still. Should we? It's like a fixed point being held at arm's length. Except a really, really long arm. <laughs> That's weird. Should I think something's trying to draw us into the forest, but I don't know why. Should we get maybe third and fourth opinions? <laughs> Probably, but what if... Ugh, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, so you turn around and go find your other two party members? Yeah. Auric, where are you at this point? Which which direction did they leave the camp? From south? South? Into the forest? So, yeah. just for the sake of ease, we can say that like I have made this circuit and I am back around to approximately the south at the perimeter. Perfect. And for the sake of ease, we'll say, uh, Alaris, you've just stepped outside the tent to go pee before you go to bed. Sure. <laughs> oh, look, your other two party members coming out of the forest. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> there needs to be an audible, like, fly zipper sound. <laughs> like, when Alaris sees us, like, oh, God. <laughs> hey, hey guys Hi So there's this thing There's a light in the forest And I want to go see what it is But I don't think it's a good idea to go by myself Where? Can you point at it? Well, yeah, you see first it. of all Can we make sure they also see it? Yeah. Oh, that's important yes. Everybody sees it Um, Joe can, Sir. can I use my primeval sense? This isn't in like a combat setting or yeah. anything but yeah that's fine um let me look up primeval sense i will read it if you would like sure go for it beginning at third level you can use your action and expend one ranger spell slot to focus your awareness on the region around you for one minute per level so for me three minutes uh of the spell of the spell slot you expend you can sense whether the following types of creatures are within one mile of you uh, or within okay. uh, within up to six minutes if you're in favored terrain, which I actually think I am. Uh, aberrations, celestials, dragons, elements, fey, fiends, and undead. So it won't tell me if it like... And then it says also it doesn't reveal the creature's location or number, just what it is. Okay. And so if it's not one of those, presumably I won't feel it. Auric, within six miles of you, you feel the following... Dragon, Fey, and Undead. 
also like regular beasts and monstrosities but they're not really listed you but you're able to sense and gather that they're there present in the forest so dragon fey and undead yes okay um i turn to the party and i say there's a lot actually in this forest i'm not sure what is specifically that way or how many of them are but they're okay pause Presumably the fey creatures could be Morlinda standing right next to me. Um, Presumably. Um, are there any? Are there any dragonborn or dragons? Is that is that like the dragonborn count in dragons? I think they count more as humanoid. Okay, so like specifically, there's a dragon out there. Uh, in a metagamey sense, there's something typed as dragon from the monster manual. Okay, I see. I'm not sure exactly what's over there, but there's definitely enough in this forest to make me nervous. We should proceed with caution. I don't explain why I know that or what I know exactly. I just leave it at that. Well, he sounds pretty sure. I'll take his word for it. (laughs) Trust me on this one. I go ahead and, like, knock an arrow while we walk. Yeah. Are you guys bringing any light with you, or are you going in the dark? Uh, we should travel in the dark. (laughs) Stay together, though. We might have the element of surprise if we end up in combat. The light, when you went and returned back to the southern redoubt, did seem to follow you back. It uh, So it continues to maintain this fixed point in the distance. It continues to draw you into the forest at an unknown distance. Again, it's dark. It's hard to tell distance or depth of its origins at some point the light it doesn't it doesn't flicker but you're able to to now distinguish that there are two or maybe even three you don't you don't know for sure but it appears that those though you've gotten close enough to be able to give some sort of awareness to it a little bit more fixed knowledge make sense Mm -hmm. yeah everybody give me checks if you want to give me checks what kind of check whatever check it's up to you. Just to see if you are familiar with what's going on. Arcana, history, religion, nature are the ones that come to mind. Perception. Joe, I rolled a 22 nature. This doesn't seem... You can you can now firmly cross out that this isn't a fire. It's not a torch. It's a, a ball of light rather than a ball of elemental f- fire. It's just like pure radiance but it doesn't quite have the same radiant quality grimton that you would understand to be from like a celestial or something like that how uh, what are what are some other checks what, what's our approximate uh, go ahead. distance uh at this point you're coming up on it okay i have um a 21 for perception also remember that i have dark vision of some sort dark More vision Linda, you're 60 able to t- feet by the way it's getting closer to you now uh, it is within 60 feet, and with that, Grimton, you're able to feel with your uh, divine sense, yes. um, you're able to feel that it is an undead creature. This permeates with with darkness. Alaris, give me an arcana check. 19. You're able to recognize this, these two balls of light as will-o'-wisps. <laughs> they dart into you. Everybody roll for initiative. Hey, Francis Joe. 
first of all, sorry for getting this episode out late. I say that our show is released on Tuesday, so I generally try to have it published on Monday night for you to wake up to. I'm currently recording this credit sequence on Tuesday night, and I will still be doing the second mixing edit tomorrow morning at the auto dealership waiting for my car to be serviced. Sorry that this show's basically two days later than normal. Um, grad school and work are rough, turns out. But we're trying to make it work. Um, still getting out content for you every time we can. We're going to be recording on uh, this coming Sunday, so we're still in the works. We're still doing it. It's just taking a harder toll than I had in mind. <laughs> Regardless, welcome to episode number uh, 019 of Advantage. This is the beginning of part two of this campaign, and I'm hoping to display a real shift in theme during these next two or three episodes. What we've got recorded so far is incredible, so stay tuned. Of course, we wouldn't be here without the digital art of Daniel Grayling or Blake Boss, who composed the overture playing behind me now. Uh, listen to more of his work at soundcloud.com slash blakebost. Um, thanks to Labor of Love Graphics for their help in web design. Uh, our site, advantagednd.com, is a huge resource for you as we tell this story. It's got maps, location details, and info on the characters and cast. All of those character details are also linked to heroforge.com, where you'll be able to find some custom-designed minis of those characters created by the cast and me. Um, I'm also beginning to work on a page for prominent NPCs and their own HeroForge minis as well, so stay tuned for that. Um, on our website, we're also working on a link to our Patreon page, where you'll be able to donate amount of money of your choosing to help us pay for all these projects. Um, the big one that I can think of is that I'd love to get more detailed maps for the website, um, but those maps cost money. So if you're feeling generous and love the show, it would be great and uh, it would help a great deal. And it would really mean a lot if you could contribute over at patreon.com slash advantage, D-N-D, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash advantage, D-N-D. Thanks to everybody who has donated so far. Um, Dark Silver Forge continues to offer 10% off of all their products to Advantage listeners. Their cast zinc alloy die are incredible. Get some for yourself at DarkSilverForge.com and use the code ADVANTAGEDND, no space, all caps, and receive 10% off of everything in their website. I recently started playing D&D with uh, some friends from school as a player instead of a DM, thank goodness, and... I am absolutely looking forward to treating myself with the Cthulhu gold dice. They're so pretty. So pretty. I'm not a f big fan of gold, but dang, they make that look good. Uh, <laughs> our pals at the show How Friends Roll are in their third series of micro campaigns uh, with rotating casts. They've got a wonderfully lighthearted show that I think complements Advantage very well, and they drop on our off weeks so that you get something every week from one of the two of us um, following their finale, you'll also find the Switch series episode that I DM'd for them too, so make sure to go and subscribe to them now. You can find them on iTunes or on Twitter at HowFriendsRoll. We're also on the interwebs as well, so absolutely reach out to us. Our handles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr are all at AdvantageDND. The email we use is AdvantageDND Advantage at gmail.com. Um, again, I'll remind you of our Patreon page. Uh, you can donate at patreon.com slash advantage dnd that is the most powerful way 
that you can show support for this show. If you can't afford that, leaving an iTunes review is a great way to help bring in new fans. All right, now let's get back to the episode. Thank you. Ooh, 23. Also, Joe, I gained another ability. It's in the Unearthed Arcana. It's spelled, like, phonetically, Ambuscade. A-M-B-U-S-C-A-D-E. But I have a feeling this is not how you say it. It says, Rangers strike first and strike hard. When you roll initiative, you gain a special turn that takes place before other creatures can act. On this turn, you can use your action to either attack or hide. So, like, I basically have... A bonus turn before the initiative order starts and it only is the it's like i get one per encounter rad yeah it's pretty sweet um the the etymology of ambuscade is ambush yep that's a new magic card so how do you how do you say it i don't know i'll figure it out later but that's the ability so okay. i'm gonna attack first regardless of what happens rx got 23 what else 17 17 16 16 Grimton? Two. <laughs> Slow at the draw? Yep. Um, How can you have two? Don't you roll and then add your initiative mod? I yeah. did. Plus one. Yep. Oh. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> Be- does does Ambuscade, Ambuscure, Ambusqua, did that read as going before even initiative yes period it takes place okay, like so this y- is like a separate turn outside of initiative and it only happens at the beginning of the encounter in that case you get two rolls back to back though i will say it is specific i could either attack or hide like it's not a full turn so i'm gonna attack <laughs> 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 joe will you we describe like how we're arrayed presently how do you want to be arrayed what I imagined is that we were walking in more or less a sort of like square, two in the front and two in the back, and then when they darted mm-hmm. in, at least one of them, like they kind of like got in the middle and we spread out. They sort of separated us a little bit. Interesting. Okay. That was me, but like that's just my thoughts. I'll go with that. So I will then say the rough orientation is if you like imagine a sheet of paper and make four dots, the top two would be Morlinde and. Grimton and the bottom two were Alaris and me. So the uh, the orb that is closest to me and Alaris. Alaris is the one I'm attacking. I've also okay. We're g- we're gonna name that one Willow Wisp too because I'm not clever and Willow Wisps don't have a lot of defining features. Willow Wisp <laughs> then. Um, okay. And I'm also going to mark it. That is my hunter's mark. Oh, you're going to take it to a market and try to sell it? Uh, I like it. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Good. I'm just going to roll a, a standard attack. Okay. 17. 17 versus AC will not hit. Now my real turn begins. <laughs> y- yeah. <laughs> so I... I've... Oh, P.S. Every, everybody has um, a point of inspiration from leveling up. Congratulations. Cool. To start this encounter, I loose an arrow half-heartedly at the first one <laughs> while asking are like are these dangerous do we need to fight <laughs> you've never seen these before right and so i like say that and kind of like step back just a little bit as as i shoot joe can you tell me what i know of willow wisps willow wisps are malevolent wispy balls of light that haunt lonely places in battlefields bound by dark fate or dark magic and to feed on fear and despair 
Will-O-Wisps are souls of evil beings that perished in agony or misery as they wandered forsaken lands permeated with powerful magic. Yada, 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 yada. Okay. They are bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Will-O-Wisps so... lure unwary, uh, unwary creatures into quicksand pits, monster lairs, and other dangerous places so that they can feed on suffering of their prey and revel in their death screams. Oh. Unweary. Let's, uh... Be, be cautious, though. There might be a trap that they're trying to lure us I into. take several steps backward. Really really more of like a kind of like skip backward. Uh, I sort of jumped and took a few steps. And I'm going to fire again at the same one, but this time with more committed attack. Uh, Does that mean you're going to throw advantage on it with your inspiration? or? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I'll do that. He says already rolling. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Then, then I won't use it because I rolled... And I did not roll very well, and I, I didn't hit it. Okay. I rolled, I rolled All right. a 10. It's going to be the first will of this turn, the one that uh, Stephen says is near to Morlinde and Grimton. This will o wisp is going to come down and dart through you, Grimton, and going to roll a, a 10 total. Versus AC. And try to go through nah. you. With grace dart out of the way and it's going to come down to Alaris. Your turn. Okay. Uh, I would like to make another arcana check. Um, sort of seeing, uh, trying to remember what the most effective means of dealing with uh, will-o'-wisps are, if I can remember that from the textbook I read a long time ago. <laughs> okay. 13. In the height of the moment, all the things that you can remember are things that are generally apply to stuff like this their condition immunities they they're not physical beings really so they can't get exhaustion or grappled or paralyzed or poisoned or prone or restrained or unconscious um and magical damage will probably do the most to them i'm gonna throw some fire at it (laughs) okay so you're literally fighting fire with fire Uh, that's an eight an eight is not going to hit. Uh, Morlinda, your turn. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to use Produce Flame to um, shoot some little fireballs at them, Super Mario style. <laughs> wow, probably not going to hit them. Ten, I think. In total. Nope. Yep, not going to hit. Auric and Alaris, the Will-O-Wisp that is closer to you, is going to get at Alaris because you just fired fire at it. It is also going to fight fire with fire. And it's going to roll very poorly, so it's just kind of kind of chicken out at the very last moment, and it's going to go down to Grimton. Yay. I'm going to attack the one that's closest to me, between okay. me and uh, Mortal and Day. With a... I rolled a four, so never mind. <laughs> Not a good day for rolls. Alright, it's back up to you. I'd like to try that arcana check again, and like... Okay. Because the, the first arrow I shot at it just missed... The second one, I was pretty sure should have hit it, but it still seemed to miss somehow. So I'm like looking at it a little more closely. For I rolled twenty. I rolled nineteen plus one, so twenty. So I, I'm basically trying to decide how corporeal it is. Like, is it physical? Corporeal enough to be able to take damage from uh, like physical weaponry, but non-corporeal enough to have damage resistance from slashing by non-magical weapons. Just slashing? Correct. Okay. So piercing and bludgeoning are fine. To make that happen more effectively, I stood still, I stopped stepping back as far, and I'm going to attempt to attack it again. Okay. 18. Uh, that's going to miss. 
God. Do you have any any more mods that you can throw into it? I rolled 11, and I'm already adding 7 to it. Bad roll. Okay, well, it was <laughs> Like, the first roll I rolled to... was a 10. <laughs> so, like, I lo- Bummer. Yeah. So it's totally doable. You're just not doing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this one gets really close. It's going to go back to the Will-O-Wisp by Morlanda and Grimton. Uh, this is going to continue to double back and try to hit you again, Grimton. Um, it'll fly at you, and uh, you bear your axe at it, and it, again, diverts at the last moment. Alaris, it's your turn. All right. Uh, Steven, what weapon were you using just then? Just as uh, a longbow? Uh, uh, yeah, whatever one is a D8. Um, I'm going to hurriedly walk up to you. All right, hold on for a second. And now I'm going to touch your bow. I'm going to magic weapon it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you now have a plus one to attack rolls and damage rolls. Yes! For, the for rest, how long? For the rest of this battle, basically. For an hour. <laughs> um, Solid. That's a bonus action. So then I'm going to try to witch bolt the uh, will-o'-wisp. That'll be a 23. What sort of damage is Witch Bolt? Um, lightning damage? That's what I thought. Hmm. How does immunity work in 5th edition? I don't know. <laughs> the, the player's handbook doesn't really define immunity. Um, so, but it does define resistance where they take like half damage. So, unfortunately, we're going to say that it's just going to go to natural language definition. So it doesn't where, take any damage from um, lightning attacks? It doesn't take any damage from your lightning okay. attack. That's Bummer. Okay. But you hit, you hit it, and like it seems to make contact, and you, you, you know that you, you did it. It just doesn't seem to stop it. We, we um, share a small moment where we're like, because he's right next to me, so we both just, like, we see it hit, then we look at each other like, what on earth is yeah. going on? Like, God, we're back yeah. <laughs> Frustration. And it's going to go back up to Moreland Day. Okay, um, so uh, I'm going to try and do Thorn Whip, and uh, I'm going to try and hit the one that's close to me um, with a giant magical thorn thingy. Uh, it's not going to hit. <laughs> bummer so um and in that case i'm going to um move a little bit away from it because it's too close to me right now and it makes me nervous with this thorn whip do you like reach behind you as if there was something already in your hand and like while you're swinging a thorn comes out from nowhere or do you like reach on the ground and find a root or something and then turn it into a thorn and strike with it if it was to actually work um, I would, it, it's basically like, um, transmutating my, um, my staff into just, instead of being a plain old staff, it's like the staff handle, and then it's this big, scary, um, like, one, I, you know, I'm trying to think of, it's like, it's almost like a tentacle with thorns, like, that's what it is, it's big and scary and, oh, like, I like it. almost muscular. If I can actually make it happen. That's that is a terrifying adjective to throw on it. <laughs> Vascular. No, muscular. Oh, muscular. That's heard... that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 muscular. Like it's all. It's as if it has muscles, like a like a like a tentacle. The initiative lineup's gonna go back to the um, will-o'-wisp. That's Bialaris and Auric, and it's going to fly into Alaris with a natural 20. Uh, we're gonna 
do 16 lightning damage Jesus. on you, Alaris, when it flies into you and you just feel the shock just goes all through you as it flies into you. We're going to take the lineup to Grimton. Cool. So I'm just going to keep swinging and seeing that okay. Alaris uh, seems to have taken some damage and no one's really doing anything, I'm going to use my point of inspiration on this attack. <laughs> okay. I'm going to swing at the one between me and... Uh, Morlinde. Yeah, sounds good. First roll was another four. <laughs> Solid. It can only get better. But the second roll is a twenty-two. Heck yeah, you hit it. Tell me what it what it looks like. Are you are you swinging with your axe or with um, flame tongue? Uh, with my axe. With two. Okay. So tell me what this looks like and what it feels like when you go through it. I'm gonna say that I guess I took two swings, mm-hmm. and it moves out of the way, but. I'm very angry at it. So I like my axe goes under it and just kind of swipe up again, try to hit it. And as I make contact, there's like a little bit of resistance. It feels like before it gives away and I like come out the other side of it. Similar to like taking a knife through jelly, similar to a knife through jelly. As, as the old saying goes, (laughs) that's, that's the adage. Um, and what was the damage that you did on that? That's going to come out to be, I believe, 11 damage. Okay. And uh, half of slashing from non, a non-magical weapon is going to be five damage. And it's going to go back to Auric. Okay. So first thing I do, um, you know, Alaris just darted away from me. So I'm going to like, and I can tell that my bow has now been imbued with magic power. So I like, mm-hmm. in an attempt not to waste that, like, like sort of focus... And, and like take a deliberate breath and I'm going to use my point of inspiration as well to like okay. really aim at the thing you aim at the thing ooh and I rolled a nat 20 mm. nice solid um, so this is all the magic what that mean uh, that means I'm going to deal <laughs> 8 plus 6 so uh 14 plus 14 plus 3 no there's more hold on calm down nice <laughs> 14 plus 3 so 17 plus the one that he just gave me for making it magical so 18 damage nice um all right uh, this will-o'-wisp is substantially more dim like it's 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 radius went from like one foot diameter just shrank down considerably and its light does not quite have the power that it once had okay it's shining dim light instead of bright now so check out this flavor so here's what happened i like focused in and i'd like to imagine that the only one who can really see this is more linde because she's more attuned yeah. with the spirits but if she were looking and i'd like to imagine that she is so that we can have a weird moment later there appears to be a sort of faint outline of a unreasonably large bear like standing where i'm standing when i focus and it's just like it's just like a hint and then when i shoot toward because alaris took damage right yeah when i shoot the the bow it runs at the speed of my arrow as if like following it um yeah and the bow there the arrow strikes the thing and makes it really dim i imagine it kind of like like knocks it it, they're floating, so it kind of like moved it a little bit, and then yeah. that that sort of outline goes and it like crouches down, sort of 
I guess, on top of Alaris, but it's, again, like, not corporeal, so, like, it's sort of around Alaris. And I'm using Guardian Shroud. As a bonus action, you can invoke your spirit companion and choose yourself or an ally. You can see the chosen creature gains temporary hit points equal to 2d6 plus my wisdom mod. Alaris, roll up 2d6 and then add 1. I believe my, my wisdom is 12. Does that make it 1? Yeah. So, yeah. So, roll up 2d6 and add 1. And that's and you're going to get some temporary hit points. Okay. The arrow that you shot uh, hit, hit the will-o'-wisp and then hit uh, a tree trunk. And you you see like that that magical essence of uh of your arrow hit the tree and then just kind of like spark kind of like an impact when it when you hit it uh like cracks form you hear this great cracking sound as the the wood is just ripping from itself you look up and it's this great widow maker that is about to fall on you from the impact alaris you recognize that this was this is the trap that they were luring you to it is it's this great tree that's been weakened by the burn and from everflame that is is now going to uh, potentially collapse on you and can the four of you um the four of you my great great party can you give me some dexterity saving throws as this monstrosity just crashes down upon you I rolled eight, Joe. Where the hell's my okay. sex? I got a 16. Uh, 17? Uh, 11. Grimton and Morlinde, you, th- fr- from where you were, you were not at in, in danger. Just your, your natural movement during the fight was able to protect you enough, but Ulrich and Alaris, this tree lands pretty much on top of you, and you're, you're hit with... Uh, with limbs rather than the full trunk, but um, each of you is going to take uh, six damage. I'm glad I got those temporary hit points. You're welcome. Wait. Me too. Everyone is? No, just me and him. Nope, just Auric and Alaris. Okay. Uh, how's your uh, AC doing? I mean, that, that hasn't is changed. AC? Sorry, not AC. Um, how's your hit points doing? I'm at eight. And it's going to go down to uh, the Will-O-Wisp by um, Morlinda and Grimton, the one that has inadvertently had saved you from the tree. <laughs> it's going to come into Grimton, and it's going to roll in that one, <laughs> and it's Alaris's turn. I'm going to attempt to throw a chromatic orb, a cold one, at the Will-O-Wisp. Okay. Knowing that lightning damage Sounds is good. Not- that's a 14. That's going to miss. Morlinde, your turn. You've got this strong, bright Will-O-Wisp in front of you still. Uh, I'm going to try and shoot fireballs again. Um, no, that's a bad idea. I'm going to try and hit it with the big, scary, muscular thorn whip again. Okay. And I got my modifiers all figured out for once. And so that'll be 16 against... It doesn't say what it's against. It's always against AC, and it's not going to hit. It's the the dim uh, Will-O-Wisp's turn to fight, and it's going to fire at you, Ulrich, because you have hit it with a very solid blow. That's going to roll a 20 versus your AC, and it's going to... Where's my D8? It's going to do 6 plus 4. It's going to do 10 lightning God damage dang. to you. Hey, spirits, dang. Um, Grimton, it's your turn, my dude. I'm gonna keep swinging with tooth. 
Okay. <laughs> I just imagine you opening your mouth and trying to chomp. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a 17. Uh, that's not gonna hit. It's at least 18. <laughs> are there, are there a certain attacks where it will have like like a disadvantage against of some sort? Um, like if we were trying if, to hit it with something less real life. No, that's only for damage stuff. Okay. Auric, your turn. I'm growing incredibly frustrated. I've got like all these cuts all over my body from the tree that just fell, and then I've also yeah. got shot with what did I just get shot with? Lightning. Lightning. Um, so I like am audibly growling actually a little bit like there's like a um and i'm gonna attempt to make another shot god dang it uh oh no it's it's 18 18 yes that's gonna miss so in (laughs) wait i'm not done in my like frustration uh that growl becomes like a little louder and like a like a almost a kind of a yell like and then yeah that faint image of the brown bear becomes mm-hmm. apparent on me again yes but this time it like takes a little bit more physical form and like some of the the limbs that are like all up close on me like snap and just sort of like move out of the way and this brown bear this huge spirit monster like runs toward the dim one and is going to attempt to make an attack perfect give it to me okay you've got a multi-attack uh, yeah, how do what do I add? Bite and one with claw. Does it have any modifiers to the attack roll? Plus five to hit. Plus five to hit. I rolled a three, like the number, so like eight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's not gonna do. Did it. I roll? Um, I roll while, one attack. While you're looking at. Did I ahead. roll one attack roll for both of them? No, two attack rolls. Okay, so that was the bite. Yeah. Um, and then here's the the slash, the claws. I rolled 16. Uh, it's gonna miss. Okay. So this bear, There's like... There's no modifiers for that? Wait. That, I rolled... Yeah, was that a roll 16? No, I rolled 11 and I added the 5, you told me. Okay, no. And it's gonna move down to the first still bright Will-O-Wisp by uh, Morlinde and Grimton. It's going to continue to be engaged with you, Grimton, so it's gonna roll. It's gonna miss. Um... It's gonna... It's a 19 versus... Nope. You. Ooh. Mm. I like it. It's going to go for you um, and move out of the way. Alaris, it's your turn. All right. I'm going to try Firebolt again on the the, okay. the damaged one. Mm-hmm. An 18. Mm. An 18? Can you? Is there anything you can do to give me a plus one? Or even a flavor where you could argue it? Hmm. You can do it. No, I'm fine with missing for right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Moreland Day. Okay. Um, it's to you. Once again, gonna try and hit things with the big scary thorn whip. <gasps> ah, not twenty. Damn, I should have done the other attack. Oh well. Okay. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I have to actually pull out the right dice. No, you don't. <laughs> it's not. It's max damage on a twenty. Oh, it is max damage. Uh, wow, that's boring then. Um, it's just six. Oh, it's just some damage. Damn, I was gonna do this other attack that like is really cool and also would hurt it like twenty. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was like, it's not actually gonna go anyway. So I hurt the the one um closest to me six because wait yeah it's yeah. 
it's it's a solid amount um and you knock it and it is visibly dimmer uh the the already dimmed will-o'-wisp is going to attack you auric and that's going to be a 16 plus it's a hit for 20 versus your yeah. ac and uh i'll try to run through you for eight total damage <laughs> and you you feel the tingle you 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 make that sound as uh you feel the tingle of lightning damage go through you also uh grimton your I'm turn real go ahead. almost dead so like <laughs> okay i'll send some healing stuff your way my turn so like stay alive until then i think i can ah, i'm ah, at i'm ah, at two ah. like <laughs> grimton's turn Granted, um, yeah, sorry. So I'm going to keep hacking and slashing at this thing until it goes down. Slacking and hashing. Slacking and hashing. The hash, slinging, slashing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a 21. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. You, you make contact with uh, the SOB and how much damage you do? Oh, uh, yeah. For 15 damage. 15 damage. That'll do um, it. That'll do it, but... Uh, it's got resistance to slashing from non-magical weapons. That's annoying. <laughs> so it's going to go to seven damage. No, oh, round up, round up. <laughs> nope. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, both of these will-o'-wisps are small in size and very dim. It's more like it's more like fighting a candle uh, at this point, <laughs> to give you a visual. Auric, your turn. Still in my kind of rage, I'm just going to shoot at that, that one that's uh, closest to me. I'm going to, like, kind of jump back again while I do it, because it's sort of... I need a little more distance from it. <laughs> 19. Yay! Excellent. You make contact. Let me roll the necessary dice. 13 damage. You... I was going to say slaughter it, but slaughter doesn't really work for a will-o'-wisp. You pierce it, and you, you sense the soul of whatever was trapped in the will-o'-wisp just dissolve. It's gone just evaporated eviscerated perhaps um it's going to be the will-o'-wisp just hit by grimton's turn wait, and it's wait, going no, to my brown bear takes its turn immediately after me oh yeah you're right um go for it seeing that i that i like hit that one i turn and all i do is just like open and like point my open hand at the other one and the brown bear runs toward it 18 for 18 that that was it. That's barely gonna That's miss. A, can you give me some flavor? Oh yeah. Can you yeah. give me anything? Uh, um, can give it some flavor. I imagine that like the two fighting like pods of like one ball, two people, one ball, two people have like slightly drifted a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so like when I turn and like point my hand, like that, like the bear knows what I mean and it's just like running straight at it, and it's running yeah. with this like unnatural, horrifying speed. Um, and it doesn't seem to really disturb the ground much around it. It's also, like, fueled by the same rage that I'm feeling at, like, literally almost getting killed. And, like, you know, normally I'm fairly effective in combat. Like, arrows hit things and do damage. And so, like, I'm angry and frustrated. Um, and so, like, it's, it's, like, we sort of share a, like, collective growl. Like, you can hear it growling and me growling and that's cool. And it strikes, and uh, the bear makes combat. Roll damage for me. Uh, so I'm rolling it D8 plus 4. Uh, so that is for 8 damage. With with your call to uh, the brown bear, it dissolves the will-o'-wisp, and the bear 
pauses in its in its place when it's gone and is breathing <sighs> like you you can you can really see the uh the the beast it's it's full body expanding and contracting with uh with each breath question mark? i'm also breathing is that is it's, that what it would be it's yeah, it's I feel like mimicking. Yeah, like a lot of things in the spirit world will like like it doesn't need to breathe, but like its essence mm-hmm. like is that of a bear and bears need so like it will mimic yeah. things that are in the real world. And I'm also like I said I'm It's that connected to you. And in fact, when you when it turns around, uh you you look at its its side and it's gashed open. It didn't take any damage from uh this fight, but you 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 see the gash and you look in its eyes and the familiarity you realize this is the mother bear that was killed um protecting its cub from um the flood and the charmed river before you had made it to havenmere also the other three of you are seeing this creature for the first time like I'm also seeing it for the first time, like this. <laughs> yeah, you're you're you are uh, capital S seeing it for the first right. time. I wanted to say, Joe, I was actually not necessarily intending to use this in combat to, uh, this time because it's such a new mm-hmm. thing. I was gonna wait for like a dire moment to like, because I wouldn't know exactly how to do it. It would have to like come in a moment, like Avatar State style, like it just happens yeah. because I needed it, and then you almost killed me. Uh, so, I to, so I had to do it. <laughs> I didn't almost kill you. You almost got killed. Fair enough. Um, so that's the situation. I, uh, I, and there you are, in the darkness, with this spirit bear. I breathe out, like, I've been kind of, like, breathing heavily, and I give one big, like, and when I do, it vanishes in the same way that it, like, dissipated before, sort of disintegrating at the rate that, like, my, my sigh happens. So it's just like, ah, and then it vanishes. Without much further explanation, I imagine, like, my clothes are all messed up. Actually, do you need some healing? Because I can make that happen. Uh, I would greatly appreciate okay, that. Um, Same. And I kind of like at that moment, like my knees become a little weak, and I kind of like fall—not like topple over, but like, like I'm I'm down on one knee. Um, I can give you ten uh, HP back. Well, how about right now? How about we just make it back to camp? Yeah, but We're in case we can't. Also, that's a cantrip, so it's easy for me. Sure. Sweet. So yeah, I'm like able to walk more effectively now <laughs> and i like sort of sort of like shrug my armor kind of like up and and then i just start going heading on back assuming that everyone will follow and not necessarily wanting to talk more about the strange uh con- uh combat well, that y'all we just know had. those things are trying to lure us into the woods <laughs> for something yeah, what was that, Alaris? You seem to have the most info on it. Can can you what like? What if they were trying to lure? Were, were they trying to lure us? us into camp or into the woods, or were they trying to lure us away from camp? No, they. I think they were trying to lure us away from camp and towards that tree. Why the tree? Uh, wisps um, develop um, in times of despair and uh, at battlegrounds and where or where death is been happening fairly recently um with the evil intent of leading people 
towards um, harrowing, like, say, quicksand, things like oh, that. Oh, so the tree. Um, just, um, yeah, just, just um, distressing situations, and then hoping they get caught in that and watch them slowly die and Oof. laugh maniacally, basically. Um, that's their M.O. Okay. New rule. Let's not follow things in the dark anymore. It could have been anything. What if it was the spirits? A spirit. Any spirit. But what if it had been something else? <laughs> oh, I mean, it was something spiritual. Mm -hmm. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the spirits would be somewhat more intentional, and if they... <laughs> if they only try once to come at us, then... I don't know. I feel like the spirits would try again, I guess. Like, they wouldn't just let it be one chance. And don't you, like, have a sense about these things more, Linde? Wouldn't you know if they were trying to contact us? <laughs> oh. Shots. Wow. And, th and that's... that. Wait, wait, wait. Pause. That... Stop. That's not said, like, <laughs> as an insult. That's, like, they are actually putting a degree of, like, faith in Morlinde's ability because I know that you're the... The presiding judge. So, like... Yeah, like, that's me, like... They're yeah, asking that honestly because yeah. they that you have that ability and don't know your inner insecurity. <laughs> well, that's kind of why I was following the light because I thought that maybe that was them. <laughs> Morlinda, take Fair that enough. as you wish. Don't necessarily take Steven's uh, explanation of it. Um, also, that kind of brings up a, a, an interesting situation. Morlinda, what's it like now that uh, Auric has a spirit companion um, and you don't. Well. <laughs> is this like an inward thing or a speaking to the group well, thing? I'm, I'm, asking, I'm asking you as an inward question but if you want to explain out loud you can or you can just keep it introspective. introspectively i'm like how did that happen and what am i doing wrong um outwardly where did that bear yeah. co wait we asked where the bear came from yeah we know where the bear came from so the real question is like yeah why did the bear go to him and okay i'm not asking that outwardly either all of that's introspective no one knows i'm thinking this um but the real thing is I did follow that light because I thought that maybe it was the spirits doing something. I was aware that it could have been dangerous, but I think my curiosity overtook that.
friends. <laughs> hey, Joe. Hi, Joe. I'm just happy to be around you guys again. Mm-hmm. I don't like this whole, um, like, one and a half months between every time we record situation. I was really expecting Summer to be a little bit more consistent, but alas, life is hard. Yeah. Tis indeed. Um, Tis indeed. That is not what I said. That's what it sounded like. Was that the plan? Like, I don't remember the plan. (laughs) I I thought we were going to go to the Rock of Ages. I think that The Rock of Visions. You know what I never (laughs) Please keep calling it the Rock of Ages, though. That'll distress me a lot. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Erica Tri has begun the castamentation of, um... Forest Edge into the southern redoubt. It'll be a nice hill fort kind of looking oh, over yeah. the Charmed River uh, as a barricade between uh, the burn of the Watched Forest. What are you doing? I'm sorry, I'm moving shit around. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the time to add on to your house. <laughs> Not like that. I just was like trying to get myself all the way situated. I made a decision and it was dumb. I regret it. I'm sorry. Simulating the groundbreaking of... (laughs) Yes, that's right. It's sound effects. (laughs) Y'all don't play. I will do sound effects. Let me... Let me do some quick research. Uh, All the four of you have a fun conversation and character about something. Hey, so I can climb up any vertical surface now. Want to watch? (laughs) <laughs> absolutely i proceed to climb a a really tall tree just now for okay funsies. describe how you climb like is this straight up like vampire walks on walls kind of thing like no, you just are well, like no so this is like like spider-man type climb but i can um i believe like have just my feet holding on while i like stand there but i don't think i can like walk up sideways let me check um, that's with the what spell? Spider climb? Yeah. Spider whatever? And technically, I can make any of you guys do that, too. <laughs> Alright, Grimton, go for it. Does it work through prosthetic legs? Um, Auric. Yes. Whoever's twiddling around their dice, can you stop? Steven. That, I was actually knitting. Sorry. Has anyone taken damage? No. Nope. Not Not, we're all just like. They haven't taken any damage. We haven't taken any damage. Everyone's just kind of chilling, being friends. It's like it's like when you watch like kung fu movies or something where there's one guy fighting like a herd of people and there's some dudes in like the middle back. We uh, they're waiting around or like this is you should go check out like the Kill Bill movies because there's definitely a spot where like some dudes are just literally waving their arms around to like create visual motion but your focus isn't on them so you don't really realize it. <laughs> like like they appear to be fighting but like they're not really fighting anything. So the real question is we're background fighters. Where's the real fight happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're just flailing about. There's a dragon here somewhere like go to town. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with Homestar Runner and Trogdor the Burninator? Yes. Mm-hmm. Burninating the countryside. Burninating all the people. Yeah. Um, with with well, we're gonna put a put a big beefy arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's good. Sticking out on the back of its neck there. Yeah. 
just like the head. <laughs> it's like a jet plane made of biceps. <laughs>